With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, good evening, everybody. And I think we were able to get connected with actress Angela Lewis. And I think this is her on the line. Let's see. Hello, Angela. Hi. Hi. Hi, this is Joy. How are you? Hi, Joy. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad we connected. I was like, oh, what happened? But here we I are. I know. And... <laughs> <laughs> I understand. You're very busy. I, I can't imagine your schedule. And also now you're a new mom. I know. It's so crazy and amazing. <laughs> How do you balance being a mom, being an actress, being a wife? What's your secret? Ah, I don't have a secret. I just, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I try to be in the moment and I try to give a hundred percent to each thing and to the thing that's in front of me. And then when there's crossover, I don't know, I just do my best. Um, I have become <laughs> unafraid to have my boobs exposed in public because my baby is nursing and she wants milk when she wants it and she rips my shirt off to get it. And it, <laughs> it, that is what it is. <laughs> that is. Let me just tell the people that um, for people who may not be aware, you're on Snowfall, which is on the FX Network, comes on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, and um, you are on a show that's dealing with the crack epi- epidemic in L.A., and this is the fourth season. Like, wow, amazing. You have had so many changes as, uh, with your character. This season, she really seems like she's like a boss lady. Even her costuming, yeah. everything has been moved up a level, a notch. Do you feel that about the character? Absolutely. Louis in charge. <laughs> you know, when Franklin got injured, he left her in charge of the whole thing. And so she really um, took that to heart and and did her absolute best in, in a time where things were falling apart. And, and so um, the fact that she was even able to just keep things together um, I think speaks volumes. And so now that Franklin is back, it, it's been interesting um, exploring how Louis feels about kind of relinquishing some of the the, the rain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's injured, though. And, and you know, the funny thing is, I'm, this is sports, for anybody who hasn't watched it, he's, he's still injured, walking around with a cane. And and then Teddy, yeah. the guy, the white guy, he's also like beat up and and, and messed up too. I, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that people see that uh, together. Like that's interesting. They're both jacked up and they're yeah. both kind of losing yeah. the reins, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a parallel there. Um, that um, that so, is intentional, and I don't know if people are noticing either. But some people do, but some people don't. <laughs> yeah. Now you're you're in a relationship with the character Jerome. And we just found out you were keeping secrets from him. Yeah, for a whole year. <laughs> um, 
you know, I don't think that that was um, a malicious thing. I really do think that uh, Louis and Franklin uh, kept that secret to keep, you know, their involvement with the CIA, uh, you know, under wraps and also to keep things quiet until they figured out, you know, what they were going to do about it. If they Are they going to be able to get out from under or, or, you know, become disconnected from the CIA? You know, mm-hmm. how much does the CIA have over them? And it turns out too much. Like, they're in deeper than they ever could have imagined. And so now it's like, you know, I feel like Louis told Jerome finally because she doesn't see a way out. So... Yeah, you know, and and she doesn't want Jerome to to misunderstand her uh, her motivation. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, because she went out. You guys went to visit one of her friends, and mm-hmm. um, he's like, "You're lying to these people, you know, about what they're getting into." Um, right. You know, in real life, have you had to lie to somebody just for their own good? Have, I mean, has that happened to you? And then you told them, like, look, this is what the real deal is? Yeah, that's happened. Um, I don't know if lying was the best choice, but it was the choice that I made. And, you know, I try to, I, I have tried to learn from that and, and just know that um, usually honesty is the best policy, you know. And, you know, it's not all, sometimes truth is really, really hard. And so we do you know, lie or or not um, tell someone the not truth tell. in yeah. order to, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't always work <laughs> out the best for me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about you being a mom again. Um, I found out you had a doula and a midwife. Can you talk to the audience yeah. about what they are, what's the, what's the difference between the with the two, um, and, and how that helped you in your in your birth? Yeah. Um, so the midwife is the um, usually she's a woman um, the that delivers the baby or assists you in actually you know physically delivering the baby. The midwife is mm-hmm. the the one who. When you're pregnant, you go to your prenatal checkups and you see the, you know, the midwife, they, you know, measure you and do all the medical things. The midwife is the medical person. The doula Mm -hmm. is um, your, um, like, birth assistant. She's your advocate, especially if you don't have a midwife. Um, She's the one I did hypnobirthing. Hypnobirthing is essentially a uh, breathing technique that allows okay. you to be able to access really deep, deep relaxation um, mm. uh, and to be able to manage your contractions. And so your doula, my doula, was the one who um, was there as, like, the uh, assistant to myself and my husband. Um, so okay. she helped me to stay in the relaxed um, space. She helped me when I realized I wasn't going to be able to have a water birth because I needed to be induced. Um, She is the one who um, gave me tips and pointers on how I could make the hospital room more more relaxing, more, 
comfortable, exactly. And because my um, my being induced wasn't an emergency, so I had, you know, time to kind of get some things together and plan and all that stuff. Um, she um, is the one, my postpartum doula is the one who um, cooked for me so that wow. I didn't have to okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I didn't have to get up and, you know, cook my own meals. Not that my husband wouldn't, but um, my family was in town. And so my my husband had to make sure my family was taken care of. And, you know, and then we're all kind of taking care of the baby. And I'm taking care of the baby and up at all, you know, hours of the night. And so my postpartum doula is the one who took care of me um, in addition to my husband. Um, yeah. And yeah, so everybody plays a role. I think that they are invaluable resources. I think that every woman should have um, at least a doula with you. Um, your doula is you're going to be your advocate, especially if you're in the hospital system, the one who who knows their way around a hospital and can stand up for you when you know at a time when you know let's say this you have certain things that you want to do as far as your birth plan. Your doula is going to help to make sure um, the the nurses and the through. doctors adhere to your birth plan so long as it's mm-hmm. still safe. Um, yeah, I, every woman Well, you know, that's important. It's important because the rate that African-American women are dying in childbirth and having problems. Yes. I mean, Serena Williams even talked about, her problems she had, and she's a, you know, mega superstar. Everybody knows who Serena Williams is, but she still, you know, had trouble advocating and talking to them about the pain and problems she was having. Um, I know when I had my daughter, um, I had a black uh, OBGYN, thank God. She Mm -hmm. was really hilarious. But um, a piece Mm -hmm. of the placenta was still left inside of me. Mm. I didn't know that. And so I was bleeding. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, but it was like going on and on. I was like, this is weird. This is really weird. Guess what? The piece of the placenta was not even as big as like the tip of my thumb almost. But my body was like, this has to leave. So if I didn't go back in, I would have kept bleeding. Yeah. So Mm. it's really important to have an advocate or have somebody who's really listening to you when you say, this is what's going on with me. I know that something's wrong, you know, yeah, and not absolutely. that you're being like, um, you know, OCD or anything that, you, you know, that, no. that's so important, you know? Um, right. And, yeah. And also, you know, I mean, when you went in, um, I mean, you're, you're lucky that you had that to keep people, you know, did it cost you? Do you mind me asking like, was, did it cost you or did they do it for free? I mean, how did you connect with the door um, in your situation? No, it cost me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Having my baby was very expensive. Um, and when I learned that I was going to be induced before going to the hospital, I spent some time trying to induce naturally. So I went to a reflexologist. I had a masseuse come. Um, I did some acupuncture. Like I did everything that I could to naturally get things going. And, no, the baby was not budging. And so, but I say all that to say um, those were unexpected uh, costs that racked up, and it was not cheap. And um, your insurance usually doesn't cover um, a water birth, and I had already paid for my water birth, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I did get a little bit of money back. 
but nothing like what I spent. But I just say all that to say that I learned and am disgusted by the fact that you have to have all of this money in order to have a, a safe, natural, supported birth. And I just think that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I'm really um, making strides. I'm creating a, um, a nonprofit in order okay. to kind of, yeah, in order to have a an organization that has like a matching program so a woman mm-hmm. who is able to afford all of these or access to all of these resources, she'll do her thing, and then she'll be um, kind of matched. It'll be anonymous, but matched with a woman who can't afford it, and but she'll be able to get the same uh, services that the other woman that's gets. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's just so awesome. It's so needed. You yeah. Know? Now, so now needed. that you're a mom, what do you think you're going to have to talk to your child about because of the George Floyd situations in the world? You know, right now the police officer, he's, you know, on trial. What is what is yeah. the conversation? What do you see yourself saying to your child when they're at that age of, you know, middle school, high school? Do you think you're going to still have to have that conversation? Will the world have changed? What's your viewpoint? Mm, I mean, I can only hope that the world will have changed. To what degree, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be all wiped clean, you know, Um, But I don't know yet what I'm going to say. Uh, I like to think that by the time it's time to have that conversation, I will have figured it out or be close to figuring it out. But certainly right now, I don't know. And I, my goal right now is to teach to instill in my child a sense of freedom, a sense mm-hmm. that um, she is loved and that she yeah. herself is love itself and um, that she is joy and that she is these things because if she is these things, then nobody can take those things away from her. Um, right. My My job is to instill in her and to expose her to the things that I want her to have and to be. Um, and then when it's time for the hard talks, I, I I like to think that by then, you know, I'll know, I'll have a better understanding of who she is, you know, what yes. kind of child she is and what kind of human being she is. And so that would inform, you know, how I need to um, shape the conversations that we need to have. And not only conversations about the police, but about how the world sees her, about what it is to be a woman, about what it is to be a human being, you know, in this Mm -hmm. country and on this planet and, you know, all the things, you know. uh, There's plenty of conversations that we're going to have to have. Absolutely. Yeah, it's an ongoing, and, and so, know? yeah, so I'm just really watching her and listening to her and, you know, letting her be her free self right now and enjoying that and, and then, you know, just taking in the information that I need to take in in order to have the conversations that we need to have when the time comes. So being yeah. in the moment, I think, is, is really important. What if she decides to become an actress? Are you supportive of that, or would you rather her go into a different field? 
I want her to do what she wants to do, what she's led to do. Um, I, you know, there are certainly easier roads to travel. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. But if she should decide to be an actress, then I will just hopefully be able to lend my wisdom and, um, and my, some of my connections. You know, I believe in nepotism. <laughs> yes. Okay. You but I also it's believe all in over Hollywood. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all over everywhere. You know. Yeah. I, I also though believe in. Yeah, I believe in hard work too. Though you know, I feel like um, I worked really hard to get where I am and to get where I'm going, and she should work hard to get what's hers as well. Absolutely, because you mm-hmm. can't you can't fake the funk. You know. No. No, you can't. Not not in not in the world. People are watching, and also just for yourself, you need to know that you gave your best, and that nobody can question, you know, your integrity. Yeah. Whatever you decide. Yeah, to do. your integrity, so. but also, you know, but also, you know, the acting is a craft, you know, and you have mm-hmm. to master certain things, and if you don't master them, it's going to show up in your work. And so, you know, I I hope that I will have brought person into this world who believes in being able to stand by the work that she puts out into the world, you know, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. that it takes work to get good work, to get a good, yeah, that's you know, sure. product. <laughs> so, so now what's this about you crying when you are, are watching Felicia Rashad? I read somewhere that you were just so like overwhelmed. What, can you talk to us about this? Well, yeah, I mean, Felicia Rashad is one of my favorite actresses, and okay. she's just extremely powerful. And every time I see her, I, went, I saw her in, um, well, a number of things, but I think the thing I was referring to was August Osage County, I think is the name of the show, August Osage. Okay. I think it's County. And um, and I was just, and, I, and also her performance in A Raisin in the Sun, just overwhelmed by her and the beauty of her work and yeah and I have since had the opportunity to work beside her um it was actually a workshop of a play um a new play by Terrell Alvin McCraney um and it was such a privilege just to be able to share that moment with her (laughs) yeah yeah I mean her daughter is also a a great actress. Um, you know, yeah, I saw Candela. her. Um, yeah, I saw her on Broadway um, with Cicely Tyson. Mm-hmm. Um, now mm-hmm. I, I understand you had to watch Paris is Burning when you prepared for this role in Snowfall. Did you do anything else? Um, what about the fight scene? <laughs> um, how did you prepare? <laughs> um. Yeah, I had to do some research on drugs. Um, I had to uh, understand, you know, crack itself. And, you know, but when we first opened on Louie, she wasn't on crack because it didn't exist yet, but she was high on Sherm. Mm -hmm. I had to do some research into Sherm and, you know, what it does to a person and and then I had to understand why a person, because I'm, you know, assumed that Louis would have seen other people on Sherm. And so after seeing people, you know, on that drug, like, why would you want to do that to yourself? So I had to yeah. kind of create a backstory for her and get to understand um, 
what her life has been like to bring her to that point in her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in her life and um and that just really helped me to have a better understanding of her humanity and it allowed for my heart to open up and to be just more compassionate more i, I became very protective over louis i you know wanted to honor her as mm-hmm. a human being and to be able to tell her story, that story. Um, and so that, that was kind of my entry point into Louie. And then, yeah, I had to, <laughs> once we got to the fight scene, I had to let go of um, compassion and let go of love a little bit and let go of all those wonderful things that I like to kind of stay in. Uh, because I don't think that Louie was in those spaces at all. She was in, um, she was feeling big. You know, Sherm makes you yeah. feel big and 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 mm-hmm. all powerful and and you know like you can lift buildings and <laughs> and she you know <laughs> so that I think that's the space Louie was in. She wasn't in a you know kumbaya. At all, so no, I had to not let go of that, and it took some time. Not you know, that's a scary place for me to be in, especially you know, as an actor, when you know, when you're fighting with another actor, you know, I like to be careful because you don't want to accidentally hurt anybody, and so. Yeah, but I right. think, I think the care that I was um, taking was actually uh, detrimental to the scene, and so I had to let it go and let loose and get free, and then I was able to be believable <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> so how many times do they have to shoot shoot something like that? Is it like a one take? Is it like different? How many times? What's, what's the, like the back side that's happening with the cameras and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, we shot it a, a quite a few times. They, you know, you got to figure out what you're doing the choreography of it, you know, we mm-hmm. start, I come out of one door and then we have the fight, or, you know, all the way to the other side of the porch. And actually I had a stunt double. So there's, you see me come out the door and you see me fight, fight, fight. And then as we come around the corner, it's actually my stunt double who takes over. And then that's who you see um, down the set. And then... okay. We and then you see me again for the rest of the um, for the rest of the thing. So yeah, there's some right. some camera magic happening. So yeah, we shot it quite a few times. But you know, whether I did the whole thing, and then where the stunt woman did the whole thing, and then where we traded off, and then we got another angle, and then you know something didn't quite go right or look right, we had to do it again. I don't know how. I can't remember how many times we did it, but certainly more oh than once. Oh my gosh! And certainly yeah, more than definitely. twice. <laughs> so uh, you're from Detroit, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So what's what's your favorite food? What can you tell me about the Detroit style pizza? I heard that something different about your pizza out there, and also you have this thing called the Coney dog, Coney hot dog, something. What's going on with that stuff? <laughs> yes, I know you're laughing um, at me, like what the heck? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know that's interesting. Detroit style pizza. I don't know how to explain it because 
Well, we had a lot of things going on, and Detroit-style pizza is, like, it's thicker than, like, New York-style. New York is the flat style, and then Chicago is the deep dish. So we're kind of in between. Also, we do, like, a square pizza. We we have um, square shape. Really? It's square? Um, Okay. mm -hmm. Okay. Not all of it, but yeah, that we're known for square shapes. Um, and then we have a, it's a deep dish, but I guess it's different from Chicago style deep dish. I'm not sure how. <laughs> I just know that. <laughs> um, and then Coney dogs come from, so Coney Islands are like, um, they're like, a, they're like diners. And okay. they're all over the city. And so you have multiple Coney Islands. And, and they're like, um, I don't want to say franchise, but it's yeah. like, you know, like how you can, anybody can start a diner. So anybody can start a Coney Island. And mm-hmm. you they sell usually like chili cheese fries, chili cheese dogs. Um, hamburger. Things you need anti anti acid to stuff pills for. After you eat yes, them. exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can get a little salad there, but that usually if you're getting a salad, you're not going to Coney Island. <laughs> yeah. Now you're a vegan though, right? Are you vegan? Yes? I am a vegan. Yeah. Well, so now um, vegan. I've added seafood in. Oh, you have added seafood. Now, how would you raise your yeah. child? Is, is she going to be vegan, or are you going to allow her or you, uh, to make a choice, or? Yeah, she's not going to be vegan um, because I do want her to learn how to make healthy food choices. And also because I would hate, hate, hate for her introduction to be, to be like at McDonald's with her friends on the way home from school Mm. and she didn't tell me, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going (laughs) to eat beef, like, let's try to get some, some clean, a good cut of meat. You're going to eat chicken, like, let's try to get yes. it, you know, vegetarian, free roaming, like, you know, healthier options that taste better, you know. So, um, and also, and, and because if you don't do it early, then your body loses the ability to be able to digest those things. Uh, mm, and and okay. so I want to, yeah, I want to be able for her to make choices you know, whenever she starts deciding what kind of food she wants to eat. And if she mm-hmm. wants to continue to eat meat, then great. And if not, then she won't. And But I, I at least want to give her the ability to make choices. Yeah. So now, did you guys get extended for a fifth season for Snowfall? We did. Yes! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, do, do you think that you and Jer- uh, Jerome are gonna like get out? I mean, he really doesn't want to be there. He really wants to have his little shop, and you know, just you know, he feels like he has enough. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Is it because of the CIA, you're gonna be stuck in there. Can you give us any hints about what's going on? Um, I can say that. I mean, I can reiterate what Louis already said, which is, you know, they can't get out. They're too okay. wound, too wound into the CIA. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that they won't make a go at it. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, okay. I do think that they, in in whatever capacity, they do um, both 
you know, have their other things that they want to do. And so I, mm-hmm. I imagine that they'll, you know, keep trying to do those things for as long as they can. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, just quick <laughs> in, in closing, what what would you tell a young actress that's out there in L.A.? You know, what should she watch out for? What should she be doing? Who should she be talking to? Just some tips and tricks that you can share with the audience. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's path is different, and so you really have to trust your gut. But I think I would say to um, use your resources, and oftentimes we overlook our resources. We overlook the things that are right at our fingertips. So what could you be doing right now? I think as um, struggling actors, we oftentimes get um, disheartened or disgruntled by the fact that we haven't made it yet or yeah. we don't have an agent yet and where having a representative is certainly helpful and can help you get to another level, oftentimes we want something before we're actually ready for it. Um, mm. This is a super mm-hmm. competitive market and everybody is looking for a, represent, a representative. So if your tools are not extremely sharp, then you then the reps aren't gonna wanna you know take you on rep you off a time yeah mm-hmm. so you know get your real really tight get your resume really tight like look at the look at those resumes and reels of people who are where you want to be and what do they look like compared to what yours looks like. Um, mm. Also, this is the day and age where um, everybody can have a platform, you know, so if you're not working um, on a major television show or in a major film, that doesn't mean that you can't work. You can always make your own, as John, rest in peace, the late, great John Singleton would say, tell your story. Um, Right. So there's that. Um, there is the understanding that, you know, there's all kinds of agents and managers. What are you looking for? The 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 more you you start to get clear about that, the the better your team will be because you're creating a team. You're the CEO of your company, and your team is there to support you. Um, yeah, you're the commodity. So yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm, absolutely. mm -hmm. And then I would say live your life, you know. I can't tell you how much having a life will be. It's just much better than just, just, yeah, and and your lived experience informs your work and the choices that you make, not only for your career path, but – you know, when you're creating characters and when you're creating lives for your characters in any given situation, you know, so just live. Don't be afraid to go on vacation. Don't be afraid to take a class that has nothing to do with acting. Don't be afraid to, to live. Yeah, that's, what that's really saying. important. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good thing to say because they will help the characters. If you don't have any life experience, then you can't bring anything to a character. You know, you're, right. you're kind of like yeah. maybe copying other people, what they did, but it's not really unique, right. you know, and you need to be unique. Yeah. So, 
Well, I don't want to hold you anymore. I just want to thank you so much. Um, so that you're on Instagram, right? Love Angela mm-hmm. Lewis, right? That's L-U-V, right. And then, L-U-V. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also you have a website, LUVAngelaLewis.com. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. And what other places, what other platforms are you on? Um, I'm on Twitter, same thing, Love okay. Angela Lewis. And I'm mm-hmm. on Clubhouse, Angela Lewis. Okay. Uh, what else? I think that's it. That's it? Okay, Facebook, that's a lot. Angela Lewis, <laughs> Angela Lewis actress. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I'm I'm so happy that we were able to talk. Uh, people just check out Snowfall Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on FS Network. She's a powerhouse. She's, she's a badass. I love the costume. I mean, the costume is just fierce this time around really yeah. it is. I, thank I, you yeah. i can't i can't i can't wait to see what you what you guys you and jerome are going to wear next it seems like we overdressed in this place <laughs> when they went out to bumble whatever place <laughs> right it's a little rock yeah 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 totally right, you we had to three. prove a point you had to what you had to prove a point yeah yeah that you That's can make money we with this stuff Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're 10 p.m. everywhere, 10 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. West uh, Pacific. Pacific time. Okay, okay, good, good. Thank yeah. you so much, Angela. I, you, well, I hope thank you have you. a great week, and also good luck with the baby. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later, okay? Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, if you didn't get a chance, to, uh, you missed the beginning. Um, you can always listen to the archive on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, um, iTunes. Um, so you can always listen to the beginning part if you missed. Uh, again, Snow, Snowfall is on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, as well as Pacific on FX Networks. So check them out. It's an awesome show. You guys have a great week. And again, Check me out on Saturday. I'll be talking with author Michelle Duster about Ida B. Wells. She's actually the granddaughter of Ida B. Wells. All right, talk to you later. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.